0: Welcome to the Fremont Presbyterian Church Podcast. Here at Fremont, we create space for people to become lifelong followers of Jesus, and we relentlessly pursue His transformation of our neighborhood, our city, and the world. Here's today's message. Before I read our text today, I, something happened over the, the weekend, and not, a, not a disastrous thing. It was one of those things that just made me think and reflect. And it was this, this past Friday afternoon, I was picking up 30 sandwiches from Jersey Mike's Deli to take up to the junior hires who had been at camp about an hour away all week. It was my job to bring our our big van and 30 sandwiches to these hungry junior hires. And while I was there waiting for the sandwiches, I ran into a, a mother with her two sons. They were friends of my youngest son and we be, began chatting, and the, the mom began to tell me that, that her two sons had just been to their first ever Catholic memorial service, and uh, we chatted a little bit ab- about that, and um, I, she said, my sons did really, really well, and I said, well, I know, sometimes those can be long affairs, and, and um turned to the kids and said, great job at doing so well, um, but then she felt like I could tell she felt like she needed to say something else to me she knew knows what I do and and then she said um her son or the son that's my my son's friend was wearing a a black guns and roses t-shirt and she made it a point to say to me "Oh, oh my son did not wear this to the funeral just so you know he, he changed in the car. I didn't want you to think that he wore it to the funeral. And I told her, I said, I actually didn't even think about it. And I love Guns N' Roses. And we laughed. But afterward, I wondered about that experience. What is it about my role that makes people do that kind of thing? And what does it say about what they think God really cares about? Did, did God come to make sure that we wear the right things in the right places? The other experience that you can imagine I often have is it makes me wonder, did, did God come to make sure that we don't swear or curse in front of priests or pastors? That's the other experience I have quite a bit. And it brings up the question: Why did Jesus come? And what would you say if someone asked you? What was his purpose? What was his mission? What was his why? Why did he come? So with that in mind, I invite you to turn in your Bibles, if you wish to read along, to Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 21. And it reads like this. Jesus went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it he found the place where it is written the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. So, why did Jesus come? What was his purpose? What was his mission? If we take this passage as as instructive for us to teach us about why he came, we see that that there are three different words that are that are used the key to Jesus's mission and purpose was to proclaim, preach or tell. And and we have to understand that that integral is the proclamation of good news to Jesus's mission because a different message had been told. A different message had been received by the people that were living in the in the time of Jesus. Many messages like, like that that power the Roman government and the way that they manage things, that was the way of the world. There were many messages brought about by the religious leaders, we know them as the Pharisees in the New Testament, that that you are distant from God because you are not obeying all the rules. But Jesus came here to proclaim a different kind of message, some good news. There was a message that they had been hearing, that Jesus' audience had been hearing, and Jesus came proclaiming a different message. We see that as we read the Gospels, that as he began to teach about what the kingdom of God was like, the crowds grew. And they were amazed at his teaching. It said because he taught differently than others, as one who had true authority or true power. And friends, we have to understand there's a message. There are messages that you and I are bombarded with all the time—internal ones that we carry with us from our childhood, that messages that that are are uh, that are piled on on top of today through different messages within our culture and media. And so Jesus now also comes to tell us there's a different message, a new announcement, which is actually an old announcement because he first made it thousands of years ago. Now, it was a common thing in the days of Jesus when there was a transition of kingdoms. There was a transition time in which the new king and the new kingdom didn't often make it to the farthest reaches of that part of the kingdom until a messenger actually came to bring it. There were times in which the outlying lands of whatever kingdom was was involved did not hear the message until a messenger came. Now, this might sound familiar to some of us as part of our own history as well. On June 19th, 1865, two and a half years after Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, it said that U.S. General Gordon Granger stood on Texas soil and read what is called General Orders No. 3, and the text was this, that the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States that was the president, all slaves are free. The estimate was that 250,000 slaves were still enslaved in the state of Texas at that moment. And upon the, the, the reading of this, there were celebrations that included prayer and feasting and singing and dancing. And the state of Texas made this an official holiday in 1980, and now we remember it as a nation and did so just a few weeks ago, and we know it as Juneteenth. It's a vivid picture of what happens when there's no messenger to send to the far reaches of, of, the, of an area that there has been a change. That there is an announcement of a new type of kingdom. There was a necessity then and a necessity now for messengers to proclaim good news. Apostle Paul puts it like this in Romans 10. How can they hear unless someone is preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? The Apostle Paul was writing to the, the Romans and, and saying how integral it is to the mission of the kingdom of God, that the proclamation of good news involves people being sent to tell people that there is a new king and a new kingdom. But some of us might be wondering, is, is the mission of Jesus, is the why of Jesus Jesus simply telling, proclaiming, and preaching. Well, I dug a little bit. I dusted off my, my Greek language skills from seminary, and and maybe looking at the original language will help us. And I'm going to offer to you, this is a, a reasonable translation of what the original Greek sounds like from Isaiah, the, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah as as read in Luke chapter 4. Luke four eighteen through twenty can read like this: To tell the, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me; He has anointed me to tell the good message to the poor. He sent me to announce to those captives of war freedom, and to the blind see again, to send forth the oppressed in freedom. And to preach the year of the Lord's favor. It's just a slight change in, in how we often read of this in our English translations. That, that there is a declaration of freedom. There is a, is a commanding to the, the blind, see again. And then the language of, of sending forth is, it is the picture that Jesus himself has been anointed by God, has been set apart by God to actually walk into those broken places where people are and send people out. That's what Jesus came to do and to proclaim that God has accepted. God looks upon the world. With his favor because of what Jesus has done. So, if that was the why of Jesus, why did Jesus come? Shouldn't it also be ours? Shouldn't what we be about as the people of God be formed by Luke chapter 4 to bring good news to the poor? To to help bring into freedom anyone who is imprisoned by sin, addiction, or lusts of any kind. Shouldn't be part of our mission be to see people set free from that? To help those who are not seeing to truly see? To lead those out who have been beaten down and oppressed into their freedom and to proclaim to everyone that they have been accepted, that God looks upon them with favor because of what Jesus has done. As I was reading this, I wondered, why was it important? Why was it important that Jesus launched his ministry this way? And some of you may be familiar with a book that that came out many years ago by an author named Simon Sinek. And the title is Start With Why. It became a New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller. And the book is based on a theory that humans, all of us, are drawn to the pursuit of meaning. We do want to know why something matters. And when we understand the why, it challenges and questions our assumptions of what we perceive to be true. And in that book, uh, cynic uh, uh, describes a concept that he calls the golden circle, that every organization, every movement, every institution consists of three layers, the the what on the outside then the how and internally the why that most of us know companies and organizations and corporations in our culture by what they do what does starbucks do they make coffee and a lot of other things now what does southwest airlines do They fly people all over the world, they say, at the cheapest way that they can. We know organizations by what they do, and then often leaders of those organizations begin to tinker with the how to make it more efficient, more profitable, and all the rest. But in Sinek's book, he says the most successful ones are the ones that can inspire everyone that is a part of that organization to know the why of why they do these things. It's more than the mission statement that's printed on the wall. It is it is a constant clarity of purpose and meaning that drives those organizations to do the how and the what even better. Now, why do I bring this up? Because Because I think that Jesus brilliantly knew that it was important for him to describe to the people when he came why he had come truth be told luke chapter 4 is not the only time that jesus talks about his why john chapter 10 speaks of him coming that we might have life and have it more abundantly also, other gospel passages talk about that, that he did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Again and again and again, Jesus talked about his why. Because he knew he needed to gather our attention and inspire us to change. Inspire us to be a part of a different kind of kingdom. So, when we remember our why, we may inspire people to follow what Jesus came to do. So when you think about your neighbors, when you think about coworkers or friends, what message could you give them that would inspire such joy and freedom and trust in the kingdom of God? How many of your friends and neighbors do do not know the real message of Jesus? How many of your family members do not know the real message of Jesus? Part of Jesus' mission was to send out, out out of their oppression and imprisonment, the crushed, the broken, into deliverance. That is what we, the people of God, the church, is to be. Because we too are those, when we reflect on it, we too are the ones that have been broken. The ones crushed by the weight of our own failures and sins and mistakes. We are the ones who have no strength in and of ourselves. And we have come to understand, all of us that have trusted in Jesus, that our Savior, our Rescuer, sends us out in forgiveness and deliverance. Finally, Jesus said his why was to proclaim the year of the Lord as acceptable. This word, dekton, uh, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, can be translated acceptable or favorable. And the word is particularly used in, in terms of, of worship sacrifice. And, and the dekton, sacrifice, is the one that, that receives the divine approval. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking, I, I had this image of, of like when a child brings their art project to a parent or on Mother's Day or Father's Day the the homemade gift that inevitably we all will keep even though it might not be the prettiest and it might be a mush of colors that all the colors have been mixed together and so it's that gray brown and yet when we receive it we look upon our child that has given it to us and said, we love this. That's the image that I have is of this, this idea that, that what Jesus came to proclaim using the words of the prophet Isaiah is that, no, this is the year in which the Lord says, oh, I love this. Oh, I love you. You need to know because I have sent my son for you. Friends, we are like that broken art project being handed to our Father. And it's only through what Jesus has done for us that we are now looked upon as beautiful in the eyes of God. Despite our brokenness, despite our failures, despite the things that we have left undone, we have been accepted by God. Jesus' only comment that day is today this scripture is fulfilled, completed in your hearing. Meaning, I have done this. And today as we gather around this table of what we call the Lord's Supper, this communion with God, The table of the Lord says the same thing, that Jesus says, I have done this. I have brought the good news to the poor. I have bought the freedom from the prison of sin individually and as a community. I have been the light of the world so that you can see again. And for all of us that have thought that God is always angry with us, Jesus tells us at this table that, no, this is the time of God's favor and God's grace. May we rest that the why of Jesus was to proclaim all of these things and accomplish them so that you and I come to this table as sons and daughters that are truly free. Will you please pray with me? Our gracious God, we thank you for the messenger, Jesus, who came to give us this good news. A message of freedom. A message that we are poor and needy that there is good news for us for all the ways that we have been blind he shows us for he is the light of the world for all the ways that we have been broken down and oppressed and imprisoned Jesus leads us into a freedom that is truly free And so, Lord, we humbly come to this table today, still recognizing and admitting our need of you. We thank you that we have been accepted and made new because of the sacrifice that Jesus has given on our behalf. And So now we come, we come with grateful hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Fremont Presbyterian Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit FremontPress.org. We'd love for you to join us on Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 a.m. in the Sanctuary for Classic Worship and 10.30 a.m. in the Community Life Center for Modern Worship. You can catch the live stream of both services at FremontPress.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to get the latest episode each week. Thanks for listening.